0: Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 157. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and we're going we to continue the arc of the others with a deck from Josh LaCroix from the Commander area. Now, hit our theme song! <laughs> hey, Ryan. Wrecked for yet another Whirlwind Adventure. How you doing? Good. What is going down? Whole ton is going down. It's our second week of Double Up. Christmas content creation as we move forward in the arc of the others where we feature decks from other content creators. Today we're going to con- we're going to feature a deck from the Commander Lighthouse Captain, Josh Lacroix. Never heard of her. But before we do any of that, we're going to thank our official sponsors on the internet, face to They're Canada's biggest Magic store. Ooh, very
1: much so my order came in and boy, howdy the Black Friday deals were a plentiful. Good. Oh ho. I'm talking invasion foils. I'm talking Lorwyn foils. I'm talking stuff that Alex got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> that now he has back again. <laughs> so, very happy, very very pleased. I know those are the same things, kind of, ish. But I'm very good of both.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that that worked out for you
1: Oh, yeah, it's been great It's been great Now I gotta, like, put all the new cards into Animar and paint them And I have the best idea But I'm not gonna spoil it Because we don't spoil things here on CCO Not very often Sometimes we do But not today No Today we are talking about We call him Josh LaCroix We told the story on the CCO pre-show You can find that over on our YouTube channel For episode 157. It is Josh Lee Kwai from the Command Zone podcast. Him and Jimmy Wong do what I have described to some people as sort of the gold standard for podcasts. We rag on him pretty hard, gold standard for YouTube channels. We want to make sure that we do say that the content is very good and that anybody who does live under a rock or maybe in our friend F.U. Smitty's case just (laughs) hasn't come across it online. That you do go check it out because it's very good, the game nights and the the podcasts. And the, they have our good friend DJ on. Yep. On occasion. And
0: I assume in the future they'll have us on.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. They're going to have us on because if they don't, like F those guys, right? Right. Yeah. Is that our first Josh LaCroix FU? uh
0: Today. Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> gauntlet, gauntlet.
1: We got gauntleted so hard by DJ. Oh, man, I'm going to gauntlet him so hard next time I see him. It's... Yeah, and you know what? By this point in time, it's a couple weeks because this this is coming out the week of Christmas. Yep. And we got gauntleted by DJ, like, on the Friday the 13th of December.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Night after the full moon and... Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was some shit. So that was sh- pretty fun. Shout
1: there. out to DJ for sure. He was featured a couple weeks ago. On episode 155. Yep. So you can check that out anywhere better podcasts are found.
0: Correct. Or you could find a better list of anywhere you can find us on the internet in the show notes down below or at uh, CommanderCookout.com. Ooh, got
1: there. That includes Patreon.com slash CCO podcast where we have a sticker pack for new signups. Yes. Very much appreciate anybody that can help the show grow. If you're in a position over the holidays to support the show financially, it helps out a lot.
0: It does help a lot.
1: And you know what? I, I always say, we don't say thank you enough, but thank you to all the patrons. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all of the supporters in general, whether that is Patreon or auction bidders or people who listen, share the retweets, right? We were doing the Chulain Brawl Deck giveaway. Yes. And that gets lots of shares and retweets. And I asked for content creators that other people would like to see us do crossovers or feature decks for in the future. Yeah, and lots of response there.
0: Not from the co- the content creators, of course, because they're afraid. Ooh. But uh, man, a gauntlet again. Oh yeah, no, I'm. I got a bag of gauntlets behind the chair. I'm going to throw every one of them today and maybe tomorrow.
1: Okay, so I guess if you're a content creator and you want to throw down, you can throw down potentially at Magic Fest. Seattle.
0: Seattle. I've never been to Seattle before, so this will be fun. I've never been to Seattle either. I don't think I've ever been to Washington State. No, I saw it one time. Well, we, we went to like the. My aunt lives in a town in BC in Creston that's really close to the border. And we like went to the border one day and like looked around. Kicked some
1: dirt left. over the border? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what are you going to do about it?
0: Criminals now. And then we went back. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's that's as close as I've ever been to Washington. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this one.
1: Yeah. And, of course, Magic Fest Las Vegas, where I'm sure there will be plenty of gauntlets. Yes, and beer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby, will there be beer?
0: There was so much beer last <laughs> time. The fridge was all beer and uh, Stephen's cooking.
1: Yeah, but we had to drink a bunch of the beer to fit Stephen's cooking. <laughs> I
0: have no problem with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Breakfast and stuff. Yeah, there's
0: nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
1: So looking forward to 2020, we have at the end of December, we have a little bit of a a recap of 2019 and a preview of 2020 products and Commander Cookout related stuff to be aired. I'm fired up about that. Oh, yeah. That's actually getting recorded later today, so I'm scared you're going to use all your hot takes and gauntlets in this episode.
0: Oh, not a chance. Not a chance. Not He's got a, a spare
1: chance. reserve in the bottom drawer of his desk just <laughs> out the way there. Yeah, man, i got a <laughs> I got a pot
0: of boiling oil I'm going to use for that one. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, how about this? How about before you use up all the hot takes for this episode specifically, give the commandees a read, and then we will talk about uh, some other stuff. Sure. We're doing
0: uh, what is this? This is a teamer, right? This is Teamer. Teamer Partners. We have Clydesdale chosen of Butt Pick. Got there. I. Ch- sure. See, now that I've said that, you can't even <laughs> say what she really is. Seidel Side,
1: chosen of Krufix? There's no S or Z or X in there. That's 100% a K.
0: I stand by what I said. So she's a 2-3 for Simic and 2 Human Wizard. Tap, add a colorless mana to your pool for each card you have drawn this turn. So you can tap her to get a winding for each thing you drew. Good. Right. Also, Ludovic Necro Alchemist. We were talking on the pre-show that neither one of us has any idea what this card does. We've read it a bunch of times while we were reading it, we forgot what it would, what it does. So I'm just gonna read it again. Human Wizard One Four. Is it in one at the beginning of each player's end step? If that that player may draw a card if a player other than you lost life this turn.
1: Okay. A couple things. Couple things. We are well on our way to Human Wizard Tribal. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that both of those are Human Wizards, so that's great. And Ludvik, I don't know what he does. You just read him again, shoddily at best, I will add. Yeah, whatever. I still don't know what he does. So we were fabricating scenarios before the show so we could like articulate what this guy would do in real life in a game. And I said a bunch of stuff, and you were like, no, it still doesn't work like that. I'm like, what the fuck does this card do? <laughs> so, Okay. At the beginning of each player's end step, so me, you, Alex, Smitty, F those guys. Me, you, Josh, LaCroix, and Smitty, because he played Josh. Yeah. Okay. The end of Josh's turn. He's the player. If a player other than him lost life, he would draw a card. Right. Okay. So then Smitty's turn. Yep. Smitty attacks all three players. Right. So everybody lost life. Right. So me and you lost life, and we aren't Josh. Right. So... Smitty would draw a card at the end of his turn.
0: That's what I'm getting from the verbiage on the card.
1: You go, you play a creature with Perforos out because that's what you would do. That's correct. Players that aren't you lost life, you would draw a card. I believe so. Okay. I think that's how it works. Sure. Either way, you're drawing cards. That's what it does. Everybody's drawing cards. So it kind of works like Edric's by Master of Trust. Yeah. Sort of the same thing where it's like, as long as you guys are attacking each other, you guys can draw cards. And Edric is totally fine. He is if you play the political build and not like the flying men infinite turns build. Right. Yeah, people do that, right? No. Oh. No. You, you know what? I think Edric is and things like Edric have transcended casual and they're just like, well, everybody assumes that I'm going to be the asshole and being playing flying men turns, so I'm just going to fucking do it. Yeah. And there's no Fair Edric decks out there. I wanna I wanna at CCO Nation and say if you've got a Fair Edric deck, if you're a if you're a patron and you wanna send it to the preferred deck lists channel on Discord, I will see it. And if you are anybody else and you wanna link it to us in a email, CommanderCookout at gmail dot com. We will see it. We will look at it and we will say, Huh. Yeah. That is not the Flying Man deck.
0: And then we'll immediately after that think, Man, he should update this so that it has all of the extra turn cards that he's playing in it now. Yeah,
1: yeah, this deck sucks. You know how it would make it really super good? Just put, like, 10 time warp effects in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, one last thing. S- speaking of talking about everything else. Yeah. We've got a Christmas gift to give away. Right. One lucky patron is going to get a very awesome Christmas gift. This week, we have got something in the Overstock Altar Binder. I have a small collection of extra things that I've just done or taken out of decks or painted and just to have, and I'd like to give one away. Excellent. So this week's winner is Nicholas Robinson.
0: That's uh, Nick Rob, right?
1: Nick Rob Straczynski. Yes. Yes. Get in touch and or we'll get in touch with you and we'll get you hooked up with, you know, something something cool from the, the Altar Overstock
0: binder. You get an Altar Overstock and an air
1: horn on the show.
0: Everybody wins.
1: We have got, speaking of patrons, we've got a couple patron shout-outs. Okay. First shout-out. Now, this is an alias or like a different first name. Sure. So you know what that means.
0: New name. Real
1: name. 100% name. Correct. Haribo Weber. Let's go Anton Parker. Anton Parker. Yep. You know... When you give people real names like that, it makes it really hard to know who's who in Discord because (laughs) if they use their real name, I'll just say, hey, like, when did Anton Parker show up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what they get for giving us fucking aliases. That's it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Next shout out. Somewhat regular name. Okay. Mike Powell. Mike Powell. Yeah. Huh. Oh, I got this. I got this one. Okay. Possible brother to... Pseudo-celebrity, the king of the 100-meter, Asafa Powell from Jamaica, went to the Olympics and Worlds a bunch of time. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. I wonder if he knows Josh LaCroix. Probably. Probably.
0: Yeah, I assume everybody that we have never heard of, that other people have heard of, probably just all come from the same place. Yeah,
1: so pseudo-celebrity's brother, pseudo-brother, <laughs> Mike Powell, Asafa Powell's brother. There we go. He's probably a fast runner. Super-fast Mike Power. Mike Power. Mike Power. <laughs> got there. Got there, got there, got there. Okay, final shout-out. And this one, he said, good luck pronouncing my name, scrubs. Oh. Well. So, big shout-out to all of the CCO nationalites in Norway. Ooh. That's where he's from. Here we go. I used to work with a guy with this same name. Couldn't pronounce it then. Probably not going to pronounce it correctly right now. Auden was, is the first name. Skarvold. S-K-J-E-R-V-O-L-D. Scary. Say that first name again.
0: Out in in a scary hole.
1: Out of the scary hole. There we go. Whatever you prefer, Auden's scary hole.
0: Yeah, probably lives in an outhouse. That's a scary hole.
1: Yeah, there are many things that I would not Google, and lots of them have to do with scary holes.
0: Yes. Excellent.
1: Very much so. So all the new patrons, thank you very much. You're on the list to receive your free sticker pack.
0: Welcome aboard. Now, let's do a deck. I'm not talking about anything until Aladdin gets off of the first
1: goddamn thing. The first card in the list is Aladdin. (laughs) Human Rogue 1-1 for Red Red 2. You pay Red Red 1, tap him, gain control of target artifact as long as you control Aladdin. What does that mean? What that means is you can untap Aladdin without fear of losing your thing, and you can end your turn also without fear of losing the thing. And then you can take the thing back. And then you take another thing. Yes. You just keep them. He's a thief. He's a rogue.
0: Yes. That's what rogues
1: do, man. His dad is the king of thieves if you've seen Aladdin 3. I have not. Neither has anybody else. I didn't even know there was an Aladdin Sometimes 3. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that knows that. Wait.
0: Wait. Yes? Wait. Do you mean to tell me that you have seen a movie? <laughs> Not only have you seen a movie,
1: it's a movie that virtually nobody else has seen. Not only have I seen the fucking second Aladdin, The Return of the Jafar. I've seen the third one. What's the subtitle to that one? Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Turns out it's his dad and they find the hand of Midas. Fuck. Spoiler. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I bet your boys Lenny and Steven have seen it.
0: Lenny and Steven, you seen it? Put it in the comments down below. Uh, everybody else, it, it probably sucks.
1: Yeah, everybody else, just stick with Aladdin 1. Yeah. With the Robin Williams one, not the Will Smith one.
0: Agreed. Play the game on Genesis, not Super Nintendo, which just better.
1: Yeah, lo- that's a real life thing. Yeah, man. Okay. I know my shit. Next card, a Feto Alchemist. Oh, back in the day of my first booster box from Onslaught, this is a wizard for blue one. You can tap to untap an artifact or a creature, and it's got morph of blue. Who cares? It's a one, two. You can untap an artifact or creature. You're going to see that that's important in the upcoming cards. You can untap an archivist. Ooh, that taps to draw a card. Yes. So it's, it's a human wizard, just coincidentally. I don't know if there's... Like, who cares other than the deck plays a zombie? Oh, no, it matters. Okay. So it's blue, blue, two, tap, draw card. Moving along with things that tap to do things, we have an Argothian Elder. Ooh, this is a four-drop, two, two, tap to untap two target lands. Sharpen your ears. That's what the flavor text says. No explanation. So you can listen to the earth better. Right. That's what we're going with. Ryan already mentioned that we play in a zombie Lady of Scrolls. So this is tap an untapped wizard to draw a card. You can do that whenever you want to. Don't matter if they got haste or not. It's a zero two for blue, 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 two. Yeah, so when you know when something's got blue, 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 and then more mana cost? That's a good card. Yeah, it probably does something. Just that's just really look good. at anything that's got blue, blue, blue in its casting cost. It's probably gonna be a good one. We could look at something like Arcanus the Omnipotent. Oh, I didn't even mean to, but you, you got there. Yeah. That's why we're a team. That's right. Blue, 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 three for a three, four wizard. You could tap it to draw a card with a zombie, or you could tap it to draw three cards. You could also tap blue, blue, two to return it to your hand if somebody
0: tries to kill it, but mainly that first thing.
1: Yeah, if you blue, blue, two it back to your hand, then blue, 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 three it back to play, and it doesn't have haste, you can tap it with a zombie to draw a card. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got a Bloom Tender. Bloom Tender. One of the driving factors of the cost of this deck is just random 50 and $60 cards. Tap it to add a mana to your mana pool for each colored permanent you control.
0: Of each color of permanent you control. So you can tap it hypothetically to get red, blue, green.
1: Yes, if you've got a red and a blue and a green because you have blue, Bloom Tender, it's going to give you at least one for green.
0: Yes. All right, next up we've got a Disruptive Pit Mage.
1: Another Morpher? I don't know if that's a like a, a line of play in the deck where you play them face down and then shenanigans them up to, I don't know. This one, you tap it. It's a wizard. You tap it to counter target spell unless the controller pays one. So it's like a daze. It uh, it acts as a tax on whatever thing, like makes it so nobody can tap out to play spells. Yes, we have a Captain of the Mists, human wizard two three for three. Whenever another human enters the battlefield under your control, untap Captain of the Mists, and you can blue one tap it. You can tap or untap target permanent. So probably we're going to pay two to untap a permanent because you see how many things we've got to to untap. This lets us, or to tap to do ef- effects, right? This makes your mana from Bloom Tender go a long way. Yeah. Because you can net a green or a red off of your Bloom Tender if you use the Bloom Tender mana to keep, like, casting humans. It's So thing you can cast a human like a cunning Spark Mage. Three drop, oh, one, haste, taps to do one damage to a creature or player. That is known as pinging so if you are a command zone aficionado which i assume you are because most people are you would have heard josh lee kwai talk about pingers on episode 42 of the command zone where he talks about his tim deck full of pingers so tim is a way to describe any three drop or whatever that taps to deal one damage and anything that deals one damage to a creature or player is called pinging So if we say pingers or tims, that's what we mean. Let's take a look at this
0: cunning spark mage for a second. One, he has a giant Santa Claus beard and only one eye, which indicates to me that he's effing old. Two, he's wearing a bunch of rusty garbage instead of clothes. How does he have haste? There is no way that that man moves faster than anything.
1: He will lose every race he ever gets in
0: forever.
1: This is this is a direct byproduct of Brando having glasses now, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next card. I like this one
0: because of the art and because of what she does. It's Empress Galena. It's a five drop. I
1: think Merfolk Wizard. It's got to be, right? It's a legend. Maybe Merfolk Noble Wizard. Sure. Who knows? Blue, blue, tap, gain control of target legendary permanent. And you just keep it like Aladdin. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if she dies, you you
0: control it now. Yeah. Aladdin, like when he dies, I think you have to give all the stuff back. Yes. But with Empress Galena, you do not.
1: Yeah, you take commanders, you take Guy's cradles, you take Sarah's sanctums. You take Great Henges. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Great Hinge. Basically anything that's legendary and
0: green is fair fair game. Yes. That's a good thing to take.
1: You could also take somebody else's Urtai Wizard Adapt. Yeah, if they took it from you first, that is, because nobody's playing this card. <laughs> this is a wizard, human wizard for blue two. You can play blue blue two, tap, counter target spell. So he's just a wizard that you can pay for to counter a spell with.
0: He has shitty cancel just stapled to him.
1: Yeah. That's, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got uh, a fate stitcher. This is zombie wizard. Probably used to be human, now he's dead. Correct. Tap. You can tap or untap another target permanent. He's a 1-2 for 4, and he has unearth. So if you play him for blue from your graveyard, he gains haste, then you exile him at the end of turn. But essentially, he just taps or untaps whatever you want.
0: Yeah, he was a uh, key in my old CDH deck.
1: Yeah, he is actually a key strategy in, in a bunch of combos because you unearth him for just blue. Yeah, he's very good. And then he has haste, and you can untap a permanent, right? You can untap a blocker, you can tap a potential attacker if you're like the only two guys left. You can untap a pinger, you can counter a spell twice with him just by tapping. You could untap a pinger like Frost Wielder. Yeah, so four drop, one, two, taps to ping. If a creature dealt damage by Frost Wielder would die, you exile it instead, right? Correct. Yeah, okay, that's not bad. And I mean, you're going to see we have we have a bunch of ways to untap, so it's good. You have uh, you have my favorite one in Goblin Sharpshooter. Yeah, Goblin three three drop. You can tap it to ping. Whenever a creature dies, you untap it. So this this is a this is a common Brando play. You have a, a haste enabler, and then you drop your Goblin Sharpshooter, and you go. All the one drops on the table are dead. Yeah, because you just kill a one drop and untaps. Kill a one drop and untaps.
0: Super good. And now that I play them in Torbran, all the three toughness things are dead. Oh.
1: Yeah, you, it, all the 1, 2, and 3 toughness things are dead. Yeah. You know what's another common Brando play that I see is tap my Goblin Sharpshooter, Goblin Bombardment fling another Goblin at that same X3, or X2, untap my Goblin Sharpshooter again, so it can get X2s and X3s with Goblin Bombardment. Oh,
0: Goblin Sharpshooter is so good. Yeah, it's a tricksy one, hey? I actually kind of like that, that layer art. It's like the one that I liked. The other four, I was kind of medium on. I actually like the sharpshooter. He's got the big musket and stuff. And there's a big explosion going off behind him. I think it's
1: pretty good. Yeah, cool. he's got some green goop that he's probably shooting out of that musket. You know what? I don't mind that one. The, that one specifically, I really like. We got a little YouTube short coming out probably at the, the probably just at the end of last week when this episode airs. That if you if you want to hear our take on the layers, you can listen to. You just find us on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, next creature is a merc- mercurial. Chemister. Mr. Chemister. Sure. He is a 2-3 for 5. Is it in 3, that is. You can pay blue, tap, draw 2 cards. Wow. You untap him and pay blue again. You've netted 4 cards for like 1 mana. 2 mana. That's pretty good. You can also go red, tap, discard a card. Mr. Chemister deals damage to target creature equal to the discarded card's converted mana cost.
0: And he does that by using the giant shoulder-mounted laser cannon that he has yeah super magical hey it shoots
1: <laughs> magic lasers it shoots more museum mortars i don't sure sure he what? was he was an all-star in rtr limited i think right i think so too
0: so why do all the wizards matter besides zazumi we're playing a patron wizard
1: oh yeah this card secretly got there too it's like 12 bucks very good. Blue, 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 2-2 two, two, wizard. Tap an untap wizard you control. Counter target spell unless its controller pays one. It's pretty so, good. Yeah, spell is on the stack. You tap three wizards. They have to pay three extra. Mm-hmm. So it turns everything into a disruptive pit mage. We have a Cura's follower. You can pay Simic for a 2-2, two, two, and you can tap it to untap another target permanent. We have a Fauna Shaman. Discard a card, pay a green, search your library for a creature, put it into your hand. Survival of the fittest on legs. Yes. Yes. We have an anger. When it's in your graveyard, you control a mountain,
0: your creature get haste. We have a Genesis.
1: When it's in your graveyard, you could pay, during your upkeep, I think, you could pay green to, if you do return to our creature from your graveyard to your hand. Those are in there just for incidental value. I know haste is always important, but Genesis just lets you gain value during your upkeep. It's like pay three to. Air quotes, draw second card.
0: It's pretty good. I like Genesis.
1: Yeah. We're playing Prodigal Sorcerer, Prodigal
0: Pyromancer, and Razorfin Hunter.
1: Those are all pingers. They're 1-1s for some combination of red or blue. We got a puppeteer. Pay blue to untap or tap target creature. Most of the time, we're going to untap our pingers or our stealers, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, We got a Seedborn Muse and a Merc Fiend Leash. At the beginning of your upkeep, you untap. At the beginning of each upkeep, you untap all the shit you control, right? Merc Fiend Leash is just your creatures, but Seedborn Muse is untap everything during everybody's upkeep. Yeah, Merc Fiend Liege is your green and blue creatures, but it's most of your creatures. Oh, so you miss your red ones? Okay, that's fine. You know what, Merc Fiend Leash also gives a buff to our green and our blue creature. Yes, such as Thrasios Triton Hero. Oh yeah, he'd get plus two, plus two. Triton Beats. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'd play. So you can pay four, scry one, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land, put onto the battlefield. Otherwise, draw the card. Jesus. Can we make infinite mana with that Bloom Tender? Uh. Bloom Tender can make secret amounts of infinite mana. Just like secretly. I didn't even know that infinite combo was in here. I'll just draw my whole deck with Thrasios. Uh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a thing that happens more often than you think. Oops. Yeah, uh, we have a Tide Force Elemental. Untap another creature. That's a... That's a t- whatever. You untap. I, I'm I, now. I'm thinking. I just want to ever untap Bloom Tender, and I just want to Thrasios my entire deck into my hand. Sure. Let's keep let's keep going on with that that in mind. We can potentially do that.
0: Sure. So you have a card that I just recently started playing and really like. It's a
1: Vaishino Heretic. Yeah. This should be. Is this in your Noran deck? It is now. Yeah. This is okay. So this is from Urza's Legacy. Hammer. Urza's Hammer. Don't Google that. Nope. Three drop, one, three, Vashino, I assume wizard now. Red one, tap, destroy target artifact. Then Vashino Heretic deals damage equal to that artifact's CMC to that artifact's controller. Yeah, get him wrecked. So, what what does that get? Does that get five drops, six drops? What do you routinely get with that?
0: I haven't actually got to play it yet. Oh. (laughs) It's in the deck. I haven't drawn it yet. I added it like three weeks ago. Haven't drawn it. Sure. I haven't even seen it. But you get everything. Who cares what you get?
1: Yeah, I guess for five mana, like you gotta pay it for three, or play it for three, pay two, so you're a five all in right now to destroy an artifact and get some damage as gravy.
0: Like it, it wrecks the Acromas Memorial. It wrecks the Fist of Suns. It wrecks everything. Gets the stupid Sol Ring. Like it, it's a good card. The damage is incidental. It's the fact that you have repeatable. You you want to get the the Acromas
1: Memorial for seven. You want to get the, what's the the mana doubler for six? Cage Sun, Cage Sun, yeah, yeah. You want to get that for six? We have a Vizier of Tumbling Sands. Tap to untap target permanent. It's got cycling, and when you cycle it, you can untap a permanent. So it's going to get its guy. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Voyaging Seder. Two drop. Tap to untap target land. Willbreaker. Whoa. Willbreaker. This is a human wizard. Five drop. When a creature an opponent controls becomes the target of a spell or ability you control, gain control of that creature as long as you control Willbreaker. This is a mighty card in this deck. You got a couple pingers. You go ping, 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 get all your guys. Untap all my pingers. Ping, 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 get all your guys. That's kind of like Insurrection if you have Anger. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) Don't mind
0: that. Uh, We have a
1: shockingly expensive card. In Willow Sader, Should have picked mine up at 12 bucks, just like my Dark Visions mist-printed Griffin Canyon that I also don't own. <laughs> this is a green-green 2 Sater 1-1 one, one from Legends. So you can tap it to gain control of target Legendary Creech as long as you control Willow Sater and it remains tapped. And, of course, you can choose not to untap it.
0: Now, you can get this effect in blue and a couple other colors, I think. For less money.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I think so far it's been a trend in the arc of others that the content creators that we're featuring are all fucking ballers. Yeah. And Josh Lee Kwai is no exception. It's true. So we're going to play the most expensive version of all the cards. Not the most pimpest, but the (laughs) most expensive. (laughs) And the last creature in the list is a Zuren spellcaster. This is Prodigal Sorcerer 2.0. Blue 2, Wizard, Human... 1-1, 1-1, one, one, taps to deal the damage to whatever we want. Yes. Reprinted in Cold Snap Ice Age Modern Frame. <laughs> <laughs> F you, Evan. How about some instants? Yeah, I guess we could do all of the instants. Yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> one of them is a counterspell. We all know that one. Yep. One of them is a worldly tutor. Yeah. So this is instant for green. Search your library for a creature. Put onto the top of your library, then shuffle. Shuffle, then put it on to the top, Ryan. <laughs> Let's move it on to the sorceries.
0: We'll do the whole sorceries.
1: Wow. Fastest sorcery section of all time. Green sun, Zenith. X, search for a Creech, then shuffle green sun back in. It's going to be a green Creech. Yes. Oh, and it wasn't the fastest. I screwed up.
0: <laughs> ah, you messed it up, Ryan. But that's it for the sorcery
1: section. Let's move on to the enchants. Yeah, this is where we start to see some, some of the payoffs for having all these pingers and untappers, right? Yes. How about... Charisma. Ooh, blue, blue, blue. When en- it's an enchant creature. When an enchanted creature deals damage to a creature, you gain control of that creature as long as charisma remains in play.
0: I need one of those for my masks set. I don't actually have that. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Some of the cards are just weird. I can't
0: find them. Because I'm trying to get them all legit, not just order them off the internet. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You just find them, like, organically in the wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's too bad we can't just, like, go out and, like, pick mushrooms and berries and find fucking magic cards. Oh, that'd be sick. Oh, yeah. There's so many, there's so much forest around my parents' house. If we could (laughs) just find magic cards in it, oh, we'd be rich. (laughs) Uh, No, but no surprise here. We have a curiosity. Enchant creature. Enchant a creature. When it deals damage, you draw a card. To an opponent. Oh yeah. Not to a creature. Well, we just be... ping and untap five or six times. Yeah, that's f- that's fine. It's medium. Draw five cards. You take five. Fuck you. How about Dawn's Reflection? Enchant land for green three. When it's when the enchanted lands tapped, you get an additional two. Right of. In any combination of colors. That's key right there. Is any combination. That's a good one. Usually it says like of the same type.
0: Yeah. Not this one. That's why this shit costs four and
1: not two. Yeah. We have dismiss into dream. Oh. This is a 7-drop, but get this. Each creature just your opponent's control are illusions in addition to their other types, and when they are the target of a spell or ability, you sacrifice it.
0: Nice non-bow with will-breaker, Josh LaCroix.
1: Oh, yeah, but you know what? I, th- this is also good. <laughs> <laughs> it, this gets blight Blightsteel because you have to sacrifice it. Yeah. Dang. It's a thing. Uh, we have Freed from the Real. Okay, Freed from the Real and Pemmin's Aura are both three-drop enchant creatures, and they give the enchanted creature blue tap, blue untap. That's what Freed from the Real does. And then Pemmin's Aura also gives it blue flying, blue shroud. It turns it into a morphling. And colorless plus 1 minus 1 or minus 1 plus 1.
0: Yeah, Pemenzora turns your creature into a morphling.
1: Pemenzora can't tap it. Dang it. That's okay. We're not going to yeah. tap somebody else's stuff. Probably we're going to untap our pinger or bloom tender and as long as we can make blue, as long as we can make blue, we can untap our bloom tender and net green red.
0: Yeah. Ooh. There's your infinite mana for your Thrasios. But we need blue though. Bloom tender makes blue as long as you have a Pemenzora yeah, Attached to it. There it is. Dang. Turns out Morphling's still a hell of a card. Uh, we have a Growing rights of Itlamok.
1: Entries battlefield, reel the top four, you get a creature from among them. Correct. And it flips into Gaia's Cradle that taps for green, even if we'd control zero Creech. When you have uh, four or more creatures at the end of your turn. Oh, which we would, because pingers are cheap and easy to
0: come by. Correct. Uh, we have a market festival, which is the same as Dawn's
1: Reflection. Yep, gives you two. We have a Rhystic Study. Because drawing cards. We have a Survival of the Fittest. Because fuck money. <laughs> I don't know. Green, discard a Creech, search for a Creech. That's, that's that's good. That's good card. That's good card.
0: Let's hit a couple artifacts real quick. Arties. Let's clump some rocks. We got a Gilded Lotus, a Mana Vault, a Soul Ring, a Thran Dynamo, and that is it for Mana
1: Rocks. That's not very many, but the CMC, the deck, is such that we can play lots of other stuff. Correct. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, We can play things like Azor's Gateway. pay one, tap, draw a card, then exile a card from your hand. If cards with five or more different converted mana costs are all exiled, you flip it. You transform it. And gain five life. Sure. And it flips into a
0: Sanctum of the Sun, which taps to add X mana of any one color to your mana pool, where X
1: is your life total. Whoa, (laughs) I remember that card. Excuse me? Do you remember when you first read that and you're like, wait, what? What does that say? What? How do I flip it? Oh, I can flip this. And then you've never flipped it ever in your entire life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then I just cut it from every deck I played in. Uh,
1: You know what? At CCO Nation, have you ever flipped it? Do you win immediately? No. Yeah, you probably don't. You probably don't. But hell... 20, manas, 20 mana is 20 mana. That's <laughs> if you're at 20 life. You could be at 40 still. That's true. Now you could be at 45. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love being at 45.
0: It's like the greatest. All right, next one. This one is really, really, really good with Goblin Sharpshooter. It's a Basilisk Caller.
1: Oh, yeah. Equipped creature gets lifelink. Nah. Oh, <laughs> that's not why it's good? No. Oh, yeah. Also, Death Touch. Yeah, there go. So you go, go uh, Basilisk Caller on turn one. You equip it on, like, turn four when you can use your Goblin Sharpshooter, and you just mow down the whole table. Forever. You gain a life for each creature on the battlefield because you're killing all of them. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Same kind of line, we have a Gorgon Flail. Yeah, plus one, plus one, and Death Touch. Uh, Two, and then two to equip. This is good with virtually every creature in the deck. Illusionist Bracers. Yeah, two to cast. Three to equip, so you can kind of curve into it, like with a four-drop pinger. Or maybe after the like after, whenever the an ability of a equipped creature is activated, it gets copied, unless it's a mana ability. Oh yeah, we don't care about those. We care about untapping stuff, and we care about drawing three cards and pinging. Oh yeah, can we can we just like copy untap abilities to yeah untap our Bloom Tender once. And the thing that untaps our Bloom Tender, and we net the mana off the Bloom Tender even after we pay, like, blue one to activate the ability? Uh, I think so. You activate the ability for blue one, and you target that thing and the Bloom Tender?
0: Yeah, as long as it says it doesn't have to untap
1: another thing, but yeah. Yeah, that would work. Man. Turns out Josh, he's he's playing this, he, he claims it's political and casual and fun, and then he's just, like, illusionist bracer Bloom Tendering... Pemmin's oaring the whole table. <laughs> He's goblin sharp shooting the whole table down, CCO Brando style.
0: <laughs> all I want to do is play Aether Flash against this deck. That's oh, all I want. Hell dang. <laughs> we have a Greaves. Everybody knows Greaves. We've got uh, Mage Wright Stone.
1: Hey, don't equip your Greaves onto your Bloom Tender because then you can't target it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Gives it Shroud. Okay, what is this? Mage Wright Stone? Yep. We've never played this card before. We have not. This is a two drop Artie for one (laughs) yeah for two (laughs) for one and tap you can untap target creature that has an activated ability with a tap in its cost oh it just untaps a thing yeah but you can untap anything that taps yeah so this is exactly what i was just talking about it doesn't say untap another target it
0: not oh, but you creature. can't Yeah,
1: fuck, it is another because it's yeah. a it's an artifact. And, and you also
0: can't equip this with illusionist bracers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unless you play CCO Staple, March of the Machines. Oh,
1: we were just talking about March the other day. We
0: got there. We will talk about March of the Machines until the end of time or until we actually played in a deck. I don't think we've played it in it. We've played like one time.
1: Staple. Oh yeah, staple because of the deck that it was in.
0: Exactly. It was make
1: Boros great again.
0: <laughs> and we did by adding blue. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. We rag on white and we rag on blue and then we're just like, oh, yeah, these are great together. <laughs> we're just like everyone else. We're the same. No. Speaking of the same, no,
0: hashtag no stacks and edh and a value stacks piece
1: in Meekstone. We weren't talking about any of those things. Oh, but we are now. Very much so. Meekstone is an artifact for one. Creatures with power three or greater do not untap during their controllers' untaps. So we don't give a crap about that because we play zero, one, and two power dudes that tap to ping. Right. Hmm. Yeah. It's
0: cool. Yes. I don't hate Meekstone. I think that is, is, a, is
1: a cool you know card. what? That's a clever include that is just one of those things that's going to be like, this is going to keep me alive. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. ping whoever I want. And as long as I can cast this when the XYZ big thing is tapped, they're not going to get access to it again. Yeah. Clever includes Subtle Stacks. Is that okay? Hashtag it's Subtle Stacks? That's fine.
0: I think Meek Stone is okay. Okay. Yeah, it's not like you're playing Winter Orb with no way of getting around it, right? <laughs> like you're not know, playing Static Orb, and then you're just like, "Yeah, I'm tapped down too, but ah, whatever, it's fine."
1: Yeah, whatever. I just wanted to draw cards, and I don't have a card draw spell, so I just make it so nobody plays magic until I get five turns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's how to do it, right? That's how. You,
0: that's what you do. 100. percent That's how you do it. Okay. That's how I was always un- led to understand Stacks is played.
1: Ooh, We should just shut the show off. People <laughs> don't listen to this. <laughs> don't listen to this. <laughs> I really like this next card a lot. It's uh, Oracle's Vault. Okay. This is a four-drop artifact. Two-tap, exile the top card of your library. Until end of turn, you can play that card. And you put a brick counter on this. So this yeah. is the brick counter little perforated cutouts that you got in the the L, or the Amonkhet booster packs. Love it. And you can also tap, exile the top card of your library. Until end of turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. Activate this ability only if there are three or more bricks. I like it. So perforated bricks and counters and whatever, you got to pay for it until there's three bricks and then you get it for free. Yeah. If you wanted to continuously put brick counters on it, you could do the two activation. Yeah, if you're a scrub. There should be something that cares about brick counters. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. I wish that there was. There currently isn't. But you know what? In the future... I want Oracle's Vault to do work for me, and I want it to care about brick counters. I want us to go back to Ammonket someday, and I want
0: there to be some kind of catapult card that you remove a brick counter from something to do damage to something oh, else. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like you have to, you have to build a a temple or a pyramid, and you do it w- with brick counters. Ooh, that'd like, be cool oh, too. You, you need. You need like six brick counters on something and you can stack them on your card in such a way that there's three and then two and then one. You can make a little pyramid with brick counters on your card.
0: <laughs> oh man, I want brick counters so bad now. Oh, we're just we're going back to Amonkut, baby.
1: Oh, it's going to happen. Uh, next up, we have Puppet Strings. That's a three drop, pay two tap, uh, tap or untap target Creech. It's got cool art on it too. Yeah, that is oh, man, weird. We have a thousand year elixir. This is a three drop you can activate abilities of Creech as though they had haste. So for our pingers and our stealers and our tap to draw carters we and our manaers. <laughs> so all of our creatures, they can they just have haste, and you could pay one to untap target creature. So get an extra pinger, get an extra steal, get an extra both if you have the uh, the wheel breaker. <laughs> yeah, draw three extra cards
0: if you have Arcanis. Yeah, it's fine, and then the last card. You know you can make infinite mana in this deck. We've gone over a few ways you can do it, and you can dump all of it into Staff of Domination.
1: Oh, baby. This is one card I've never owned, and I remember when the Kaladesh Invention came out, and I saw it, and I was like, God, I need this. And it just didn't do anything to, to, to affect the price of the card, really, so I still don't have one. If anybody wants to set up a trade, maybe over Christmas, you know, we can... It's fine. Three. Pay one an artifact for three pay one untap it pay two tap gain a life sure we can gain infinite life three tap it untap target creature that's infinite damage with your fingers. yes and in infinite mana with your bloom tender yep infinite card draw with your arcanus four tap tap target creature get all the blockers out of the way sure five tap draw a card don't have arcanus don't matter <laughs> draw your deck
0: cool it's so it's super powerful it does it all on the card. Ryan's always wanted one. I've never wanted one. And I think it's for the exact same reason. Yes. Like, it's just... You oh, play I, stacks. Shut up. I have infinite mana. I win the game. That's what, that's what Staff of Domination says. I have some kind of infinite mana combo in my deck. I win. That's yeah, what that's right.
1: And you know what? It used to be banned in Commander. Like, this is the functional equivalent of, like, Paradox Engine where you just cast it and you're like... Oh, I gotta find some way to go infinite so I just win, right? Like, yeah. this is kind of like Paradox Engine, except you have to do a little bit more deck building work. Where Paradox Engine will just like give you value in whatever deck it's in that runs mana rocks. So yeah, maybe maybe I'm a little bit softer on it than I was like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's,
0: just, it's just one of those cards that just, okay, I win. And everybody goes sure. Yeah, you, you know cool. what?
1: You say games got to end. What did I say? You got to drink beer on the pre-show. Yeah. Beer's got to get drank.
0: Yeah, and Staff of Domination will get you there in most cases.
1: Yeah. And oh. you know what? Rad art on that that reprint there.
0: Yeah, the, the those inventions. Yeah. Inventions are pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Newsflash. Masterpiece invention series is cool. Turns out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, much better than the Invocation series that came after it. Never heard of them. Not as cool as the, what's the land one? I like the land no, one. No, I like the inventions the best. I like the lands the best, I
1: think. Oh, maybe that's a poll on Twitter. Which yeah, which uh, masterpiece series do you like the best? Yeah. The lands, the invocations from Amonkhet, or the inventions from Kaladesh? I bet you the inventions would win.
0: There's no way the invocations would win, though, right? Like, there's no way. No.
1: They all Get look, out of here. They all <laughs> look the
0: same, and you can't read them. And,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's right. They're so bad. That's the deck. So any, any lands of note here? I know I said that DJ and Brandon from MTG Lexicon, and now Josh LaCroix following suit. ...are all ballers. Everybody's balling out of control. There's there's a full
0: suite of duels and fetches. There's a Gaia's Cradle. There's a Maze of Ith. There's a Manamo School at Water's Edge. There's a couple of Karu lands from Ravnica. Hey, <sighs> There's Shocks. There's all kinds of stuff in here. Like any of the big land that would go into this. There's a Yavimaya Hollow. There's all the stuff that you expect to see in a deck that that plays this... ...that is from a high-end content creator like Josh Lee Kwai.
1: Yeah, very much so. So, just going a little bit out of order here, $1,900 deck, a lot of that budget, like several hundred dollars worth, is tied up in that mana package. For three colors, we set it about five colors, so I assume the same is true of three color. <clears throat> of three color, when we're playing less lands, we can have the comes into play tapped, gain a lifelands, we could have the, the cycling dual typed lands from amonket right we could make this mana base work probably for 900 to a thousand dollars less do we need the growing rights of Itlamok and the Gaius cradle probably not right No, probably not no okay so we could we could play this deck for less than
0: a thousand bucks easily less than a thousand if you cut the duels in the Gaius cradle you cut a thousand dollars off the budget oh
1: just with those three cards with
0: those those four cards you cut half of the deck down
1: so if we cut the rest of the expensive cards not counting maybe bloom tender and like survival of the fittest like those are two of the more expensive cards in the deck we could cut willow Seder because there's other ways to gain control of creatures we could play this deck for like 600 bucks 500 bucks maybe easy is that, and I know budget builders exist, like Commander's Brew and, and Commander's Quarters and stuff. Shout out to those guys. Is that what decks just cost? Like, you know, you, you get your trade binder, your, your building binder box, lot of cards. And you're just like, I want this, 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 this. And you take out like 60 cards. Is do, do they just cost like 500 bucks now? Yeah. Like if you've got 50 cards that are all worth, you know, between 5 and 10 bucks. Because they all are.
0: If you're gonna play a deck that has more than one color and then you're gonna play non-basic lands, your deck's gonna be five hundred bucks. I would I would hazard to say. Yeah. Unless you're specifically building on a budget. Like if you just go through your binder, pull out 60 cards, like you say, throw some land in, you're gonna have a four or five hundred dollar deck virtually every time.
1: Yeah, and you know what? That that isn't to scare any new members of CCO Nation. That's not to say this is the barrier to entry. That is just to say that if you want to build a commander deck and you've got some singles or product to supplement or build your deck from, that's just the value of it. That's not what it costs you. That is the value of it. Yeah. Right? And that value can fluctuate or appreciate over time just because the value of cards over time tends to go up. Mm. maybe maybe we'll talk about it in our year in preview show yeah maybe next week we'll talk about the value of cards going up or down based on some some new printings that may or may not be happening that won't happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> failure potentially yeah so let's get back to the deck we'll talk yes. about that next week yes so the the lines of play in this deck what do you think do we ping for damage or do we try to steal creatures both both. Do we ping to keep the board clear? The the reason I'm asking is like this deck reminds me a lot of my Lord of Tresserhorn deck where it's enough redundancy to say this is my strategy I've got enough of it to go in this direction regardless of what everybody else is doing. So you talk about your Now here's the and this is the same thing Lord of Tresserhorn this
0: deck People are on to your Lord of or Horn Down. You talk about it like it's this piece of jank garbage and it totally <laughs> sucks. And then it's like, oh, by the way, he has Infect, now I win. Like, And that happens lots. Yes. So this deck is the same where I was like, oh, they're just pingers, don't worry about it. I only draw nine cards every turn. What's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is you get a Willbreaker, you just steal all their stuff and you kill them with it.
1: Or a Staff of Domination.
0: Yeah, and then you do Infinite Mana and you win.
1: Oh, you know what else? You know what else is, uh, we we forgot to mention that if we draw a bunch of cards, Cadeli, our commander, just taps for a bunch of mana. Yeah. So she kind of acts as Bloom Tender out of the command zone, but you you only get colorless from her. Correct. Which is what Staff of Domination cares about. Yeah. That's probably why that's in there.
0: Yeah. Like, you can go infinite with just Staff of Domination, Cadeli, and, like, two activations of whatever.
1: Yeah, Bloom, or not Bloom Tender, um... Arcanus or Azami or Archivist or whatever or else. Or Ludovic
0: because you just win at instant speed.
1: Oh, yeah, because Ludovic at the end of turn,
0: you draw a card. You, you yeah, draw a
1: card. It's it's Wow, yeah, okay. There's a lot
0: of redundancy. There's a lot of consistency. And I think that this deck does, it's very political, and I can see how it would yep. be one of those decks that you could easily play super casually at any table. It would scale very, very well. Because the it, stealing effects always scale well, right? Exactly, but it's also a deck that eventually people are going to catch on to it, and they're going to beat it up.
1: Yeah, you know what I think in that case? Over the lifetime of owning this deck in a meta, I think like the baseline way to play is maybe using your creatures to ping and steal, and that's how you get your chip-ins, and then you can maybe steal three or four in a turn and take somebody out when there's an opening. I think the 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 next level way to play is you ping and steal as a means to keep yourself alive. You control the board. You steal and you hold that creature up as a blocker and you just stay alive till you find your bloom tender or your arcanus or your survival of the fittest until you bloom tender staff of domination win. Correct. <clears throat> you're condensing the win con and you're using the the baseline strategy of I'm gonna ping you to death to Stay alive. Yeah, and And then you're using that secondary strategy of...
0: When really what you're just doing is making infinite mana and winning with Staff of Domination.
1: Yes. Which, really, I'm okay with because you've got to play the hell out of that deck to stay alive. Because, let's face it, the the average power level of card in this deck...
0: Yeah. Despite
1: playing Bloom Tender, Survival, Survival, and Staff of Domination, there's, like, 19 things in the deck. Is that the number that I came up with? That just, like tap to deal a damage or untap something like that's actively bad and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't even a uh, what's that
0: card I love so much? I can't even think of the name of it. I keep wanting to say show and tell and that's not the right word. Sneak attack? No. Oh. No. 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 That's not. No. What the hell?
1: Was intruder in- alarm. Intruder alarm. There isn't even an intruder alarm he's not doing any major ETB
0: stuff, right? when just untaps all your stuff, so you can steal more things and draw
1: more cards yeah. and do more damage. Intruder Alarm would sort of act like Seedborn Muse number three. Yeah. Because, like, I tap all my shit in response to your creature cast, and my Intruder Alarm triggers to untap all my stuff. But as we've talked about lots of times on the show, if you're going to play Intruder Alarm in a deck, it basically
0: just puts a big target on your face, and everybody throws bricks at it. Yeah, another reason to reprint some brick cards. Because magic, magic players—they're not stupid. They're not dumb. They know what's up, and they see an intruder alarm, and they know they're in deep shit. Oh
1: yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent of the time, hey, that is true. Hey, you remember? Remember, I used to always like guise my intruder alarm behind the. I'm using it as a control card to keep your creatures tapped. <laughs> did that ever work? Nope. That never worked. Not did it? one time. Was that
0: time you played an intruder alarm and I won the game? Yeah. <laughs> It's like thanks, oh, and then I yeah. won. Like, it's so I, good. I was
1: looking for mine too. This is oh, great. So good. Oh man. So strengths and weaknesses. Let's do it. I think we kind of covered them a little bit, but I like this first strength. Relies on synergies instead of raw power, raw top end power. I dig that. I think the deck would be fun to pilot, and it would be like one of those. It'd be one of those.
0: I like. I call them puzzle decks where you're. You have to play the shit out of the deck, like Ryan said. Yep. You have to play tight. You have to play well. You have to assess threats. You have to be politic the shit out of everybody. You got to be really good at playing commander to make this deck go good. And I appreciate that. Oh, you know
1: what? I I like that. You got to be good at playing commander. Yeah, you
0: don't got to be good at Magic. You got to be good at commander to play this. Well, you
1: you do and you do.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, you got to be a good
1: Magic player to be a good commander player. I
0: think they're not the same when you say them the way that I said them.
1: Uh, Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, so I like that one. We covered that it scales well. How about this as a strength? It makes, because of all of those reasons we just, we're talking about, it makes winning feel really good. Yeah. It makes winning feel good. Like, if you can survive long enough to do the infinite, that's fine. But if you don't see, if you don't see the infinite throughout the entire game, and then you still win, (laughs) oh, baby, that's great. It's like when I win with Lord of Tressorhorn without doing Infect. It's just like, I'll 10 you, you're dead, and then I'll attack all the other creatures at you uh, after I remove two of your guys with the curtains call. So you can't block. Take eight, you take ten. And it's like, oh, wow, that's what a no-infect, like, really hard-fought battle feels like? (laughs) Wow, I really like that. Right? I like that.
0: How bad would Lord Horn actually be if they increased the number of poison counters to... 12
1: oh if they do that i'm quitting magic
0: yeah like he would just suck now he just sucks now he can't he can't win
1: yeah just burn it <laughs> burning the whole deck detoots and everything hell yeah weaknesses it's, slow setup yes yeah that's why you got to politic a little bit that's why you got to use your pingers early game to maybe take them off a mana a mana dork you know ping their mana dork or instead of untapping our shit we got to tap their shit yeah it's kind of slow not a very high top end. That That is the other side of that, like, relies on synergies instead of raw power. There isn't that raw power really unless you find that Staff of Domination, Bloom, Tender, like, Arcanus-Cadelli combo. So, if you like that real commander-y feel, this deck might not give that to you. Yeah. That's fine though, it, right? It gives you the commander
0: play experience, but not like that commander emotional experience, I guess. Oh yeah. Or was like, yeah, yeah. I get to play all my big bombs and play all my fun cards and stuff. It's like, no, I'm going to play tight and do interesting things.
1: i am got to think on how to solve this 3D puzzle. Yes. Yeah.
0: And there's like I said, there's a difference between those two things. Neither one of them is better than the other, but they are separate things, I would say.
1: Yeah. And you know what, after EDH and M last night we were talking about we were talking about this drinking beers, and we had said that it's important to have that the the gambit right the not very powerful and the very powerful and the very swingy top end and the very intricate puzzle boxy thing like there's there's kind of like this 3d matrix that you have to fit your decks into to cover all of the space of not only your experience but the the experience that you want the other players to have
0: You'll get bored of it if you do the same thing all the time.
1: And so will the people playing with you. They're not going to want to play with you if you only do the same thing every time. Yeah. And this deck in the deck has a couple different ways to kind of play. Yeah. Which is, I like that. Which is fun. It's a good one. Final section of the day. Okay. Spice calculator for our boy, Josh LaCroix. Josh LaCroix spice calculator. So, 42 lists for Cadeli and Ludwig on edhdeck.com that puts it right,
0: be, right between Thrassios and Ludovic and Crum Ludovic's
1: Opus and Thrassios. Well, <laughs> jeez, oh, I don't, oh. I don't think anybody just like understands what all the combinations of partners means. Essentially, it is the ninth most popular teamer deck. Yes. Okay, that that's easy to theorize. Three point one average converted mana cost. That's because most of the pingers cost three. <laughs> that's where you want to live in a Pretty casual game, of EDH? I think so. Tutors four. Now, we know that those hurt the spice calculator, but I'm not going to rag on the tutors because we do need to find key pieces for the strategy to work. At the end of the day,
0: pingers kind of suck, so you do need to find other stuff.
1: The best ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or your bloom tender in this case.
1: Yeah. What I do want to rag on just a little bit, though, is to the commander player population at large because when we go to EDH rec, dot com, and we look at the Cadelli and Ludvik lists, and we look at how many thousands of times Josh's Tim deck has been viewed on tappedout.net. Link will be in the show notes. We see that a ton of the actual stock list for Cadelli and Ludwig is the same as the list on edhrec.com. And I want to challenge commander players at large to build something original. Be your own... Master of your own destiny. Don't just build what Josh build because he's Josh. Put your own spin on it. And w- while I, uh, I applaud Josh for building a deck that I personally like because it reminds me of my own Lord of Tresserhorn deck, and it's a strategy that that I like in playing bad shit that's like actually good. I want everybody else to be more original. So that's the that's the challenge this week. Sure. Is is bring a Cadeli and deck that isn't a Tim deck and play against myself or Brando at one of our upcoming Magic Fests. Sure. So we punch it all into the spice calculator after a measly 25 cards different than the stock list on EDHREC.com. So I'm blaming all the listeners of the Command Zone (laughs) for making Josh Lee Kwai's deck not very spicy. Ha! So I'm I'm throwing it out there. Sure. Throwing that out there. You punch it all in, 30.6 on the spice calculator. Ooh. And you know what? I'm not even going to fault that to tutors. I'm going to fault that to all of the command zone audience. <laughs>
0: Everybody wants to be Josh Lee Quine. Nobody wants to be Brando and Ryan yet. Well, I
1: want to be Brando and Ryan. I want to be Ryan. I want to be Brando. Woohoo! Holy okay, we've shit. got it all covered. Life goals, baby. That's hell it. yeah. That is it. So huge. One last big thank you to Josh. For taking part, sending us a list. I think he updated it specifically for us because they hadn't, like, touched it on Tapped Out since their episode 46. And they just launched episode 300. Wow. So, the yeah, holy shit. Holy <laughs> shit. That's what you say. So, big props to Jimmy and Josh, the Command Zone. They are it. If you've never heard of them, of course, check out the links for all of their content. That kinda sounds like a final thought of the day, but give us one more rundown of everything we need to know. Thank our glorious sponsors and send us off for I'm gonna say the third last episode of the year. I'm gonna throw that out there. Third last. Sure. Wink, wink.
0: The moral of the story is, if you check us out anywhere, we can, we can be found on social media or where better podcasts are found anywhere. Interact with us there. Tag a content creator you would like us to either trash talk, interact with, or do a deck from. We'll get you entered in to win one of our weekly giveaways for Christmas, and you will win. The odds are very high.
1: The odds are very high that you could win. Yes. Yes. 100% the odds are high that you will win.
0: If you want to follow us on our, I guess, our main social media platform, we're both on Twitter. We're CCO Podcast and CCO Brando. You can follow us there for updates for what we're up to, both in life and in magic. We're lots of fun, so check us out there. We love hearing from you guys. As for this deck, we really appreciate Josh LaCroix for sending it in to us. Check out the Command Zone if you think this deck sounds fun and you can see more fun things just like this. I think the deck is cool, like I said before. It's a cool puzzle box of a thing and doesn't rely on raw power to win games. It relies on you being really good at piloting it. And I know that lots of people know that because it turns out that thousands of people have gone to edhrec.com and built the exact same deck! And so, on that note, we're going to leave it there for today. We're going to be back next week for no list. We're going to do a review of the year that was, a preview of the year that will be, and we're going to do all of that on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song!
1: F. Josh Lee Quiet.
0: And a very Merry Christmas from our glorious sponsors, face2facegames.com, they're Canada's biggest magic store.